This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Uh, Put your ribbon in Genesis chapter 18 and turn over to Galatians chapter 3. We are dealing with God's purpose in the family. And more specifically, the purpose and call of the family in this present section. And we came across these concepts, which shouldn't be foreign to us as a church at least. But God is a God of purpose. And God is a generational God. And by purpose, we said that purpose is the intent of the design, is the intent of the model, and are the position. God is the designer. We said that God designed male and female to the intent that the family would pass on the knowledge of God from generation to generation. And then I introduced you to the concept of the world. I say I introduced you to it. We we throw that word out, the world. We tell our children about the world and, and the world this, the world that. I want to make sure we understood this. Now, I told you that the world has different meanings depending on where it's used within the scriptures. I wanted to concentrate on two meanings in particular. Uh, the first meaning I wanted to concentrate on is that the world pertains to the arrangement, the fashion, the popular practices, and the flow of this present age. All those popular practices. Again, remember this. All that is in the world is not sin, but it's not of God. And it tries to get you involved with the flow by those things which are not sin. And before you know it, you're blindly following it. You're caught up with the ways of this world. You're caught up with that flow. And the second meaning I wanted to concentrate on is that there's the flow, but the second meaning is that there are those who who blindly follow the flow of this world. See... The Bible uses the term the world to refer to the both of those, but they're not the same. See, because God loves the people. And he wants them out the flow. Okay? And that's why when he says in 1 John chapter 2, love not the world, he's not talking about the people. Hallelujah. Glory to you. Now, he's not talking about the people. He's talking about the flow. And we said this. He's saying, don't fall in love with. Don't become intoxicated with the popular practices. Don't become intoxicated with the arrangement of this present age. Don't, don't become intoxicated with, with, with the, the fashion, hallelujah, <laughs> of this present age. See, all those things that entice you by the senses. It looks good. Sounds good. Oh, wow, it smells good. Oh, it, 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 it feels good. All those things that work my flesh in a frenzy. Says, don't fall in love with those things. Don't become intoxicated with those things. Now, Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, because this is all about the purpose and call of the family. 3 and 29 says, And if ye be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Now, we say we're Christ, and according to the Bible, then, therefore, we're Abraham's seed, and we've got something in common with Abraham. Abraham. And so we said we were going to look at Abraham so that Abraham could show us purpose. Alright? And when we looked at Abraham, we saw this. God had purpose in mind when he dealt with Abraham. God wanted to bless all the families of this earth. Amen. And he wanted to do it through 
Abraham, Abram at the time. And here's what he did to Abram, get him on the course to be a blessing. He took him out of his country, took him away from his kindred, took him away from his father's house. And we said this, this is the understanding. God wants to, his people, his family, to impact the world. He doesn't want the world to impact his family. And to do that, if he wants to impact the families of this earth through Abraham and those who have something in common with Abraham, he's got to take them out of the world. He's got to get the world out of them. And, and remember, if we are caught up in this world, First John tells us, do not become intoxicated. So we said this, God pulled him out so he could sober him up. God needs you sober. And, and again, I, 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 he needs you sober. He doesn't need you so caught up with the things and the cares of this world. And we are so, the matrix has us. It really does. We're so caught up that we don't even recognize it. And God has to pull him out. Because again, he wants all the families of the earth to be blessed. God wanted Abram's family, his father's house to be blessed. But he could not bless Abram's family if they're all caught up in the world. Amen. Amen. Glory to your name. You know, you were meant to be different. You were called out to be different. Hallelujah to your name. See, some of us have something in common with Abram. See, God said, Abram, you didn't grow up in a household where you learned my ways. So I'm going to have to pull you out. Aren't you so glad for God's pulling out? You know, all of us didn't have Abraham as a father. Some of us had others as fathers. But God was not through. And God wanted to bless your family's house. Amen. So he called you out. And so you feel like a loner. I, be I believe Abram probably felt like a loner. But that was all right because God was sobering him up because he knew in the end the family would love him for it. Amen? Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 18. See, so Abram was put on a journey by God to sober Abram up, to get the world out of his system. We said that Abram was so familiar and accustomed to the flow of the age that he occupied, it was going to take him time under God's care to sober him up. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. It takes time, people. People get in here and they have a couple of services and they want it all right away. It took a while for the world to get integrated into your system. And in all honesty, sometimes it took generations to get there. So it's not going to happen overnight. Be still. Be still. Humble yourself under his mighty hand. In due season. He'll exalt you. And so because Abram was pulled out, you know what Abram had to do? He had to question everything that his, fam his family put into him. Amen. Had to question everything his family put into him. Everything was fair game to put under the scrutiny of God's magnifying glass. Wow. And, and I, I know a disappointed family. I'm telling you, I am telling you, when you come out from the flow, somebody's going to speak up. Someone's going to try to make you feel uncomfortable. But that's okay. So they persecuted the Lord. You're in good company. <laughs> Amen? And, and don't sweat it. Stay with God. Now, we were in Genesis chapter 18 when we left off last time. Look at this in verse 17. Now, many of us are familiar with this passage of Scripture. This is an amazing episode. It really is. Abraham gets a visit 
from God. And verse 17 says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And the Lord said, now this is God talking to Abraham. Now again, it amazes me from verse 17 through 19, it's like he's having a conversation away from Abraham, but he's letting us in on it. And God says, here's my consideration. Do you think I'm going to hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Wow. To me, that's amazing. That is amazing. And again, understand this. Abraham, well, we're going to find out. The question is, what is so special about Abraham? We need to find that out so that God can have that same kind of mindset concerning us. You think I'm going to hide from sister so-and-so, from brother so-and-so? You think I'm going to hide from them what I'm doing? I'm going to let them in. There's a reason why he's letting them in. And again, he, he deals with, he says, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. So he's letting Abraham in on what he's doing with Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm, t- I'm telling you, you know, I want to say this real quick and I want to keep moving. But here's the deal. Remember, God pulled Abram out of his family so that he could get away from that influence. Now he's dealing with Sodom. Sodom's getting a little bit too close to Abraham. Wow. He does not want the world to influence his family. They're saying this over and over again. That's why we say this is all about sanctification. You know, and here's the thing about sanctification is not popular in the world. They look at you as though something is wrong with you because you do not follow the flow. But there's purpose. And you're not following the flow. And the end of that purpose is a blessing for them. Keep your eye on purpose. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep. The way of the Lord. Here we go. God has a way. Oh, you missed that too. See, see, he's taking you out of the way, the flow of the world, to put you in his way. And the two don't mix. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. There's a clear, distinct separation. So he says, they will keep the way of the Lord. To do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Now here's the question. What did God speak of Abraham? And the Lord has said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kin. And the Lord had said. <laughs> did you, what did God say about Abraham? And the Lord had said, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house to a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And I will make your name great. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth 
be blessed. That's what God has spoken to Abraham. And so he says now, shall I hide from Abraham that which I'm going to do, seeing that he, again, verse 19, catch this, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. God has spoken of this of Abraham, that in him all families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, why will they be blessed? Because he's going to command his household. Amen. Verse 19. I've got to take my time with this. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. I love it. His children and his household after him. That means his influence goes beyond his blood family right now. His household would also include those not only not born of him, but those he brought into his house. That would include his sphere of influence. God said, this man is going to be so influential, his influence is going to be my way. Wow. See, some of us are saying, you know, I don't have a family. You've got a household. God has brought you into a household. You have influence over somebody. Somebody's watching you. You can speak into somebody's life. You know, while we're so busy trying to tell them, you know, it's good that you get your education, won't we speak into their life the way of the Lord? Hallelujah. Glory to your name. You know, some people don't get the education you have. Some people don't get the high school degrees, but that doesn't mean they can't be instructed in the way of the Lord. Some people didn't get the bachelor's you got, but that doesn't mean they're a failure. Keep your eye on purpose. See, because there's a flow in this world. And the flow says if you don't have an education, you're nothing. But God says, I don't care about the education. I care about the way of the Lord. See, we encourage our children sometimes in the wrong thing. And we don't have our eyes on purpose. We encourage them when they get a good job. And getting a good job is all right. See, because all that's in the world is not sin, but is it of God? When the job takes you away from hearing the word of God. When the job takes you away from the child you just had. It's not sin, but it's not of God. Abraham was going to tell his son. Son, you can't leave your family for a career. See, that's commanding. Hallelujah. Abraham would talk to Sarah and say, no, we're going to do it God's way. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Abraham would tell Sarah, no, you can't spend that money because that money is a portion for God. See, that's commanding. And Sarah didn't like it. Again, I'm saying, this might be your Abraham and Sarah experience. But he's going to command. He puts God before all. Man, I, I got to keep going. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. I want you to see this three-letter word, may, M-A-Y. That the Lord may. That the Lord may. Yeah. Mother, may I? You know why you ask that question? Because the answer just might be no. Hallelujah. May denotes a condition. May denotes, you know, I have this forum. But there's a chance I might not be, deliver it, be able to deliver it to him. I want to do it in this life. 
I wanted to bring it to pass in his life, but there's a may there. May says, I will if I'm allowed to. May says, I will if given permission. <laughs> you, not, you don't get it yet. Okay. He's saying, this will take place. I will do it. I will bring this to pass if I am allowed to, but I have to have permission. I wonder how many things God wanted to do, but couldn't do in my life because I didn't give him permission. And I wonder if God has spoken some things about you. I wonder if he spoke some things about you and I will bless them. And I will make them a blessing. And in the other families shall be blessed because of them. But there's a may there. He will bring it to pass if you allow him to. If you give him permission to. Now here's the question. How do I allow him to? Are you ready for this? I allow him to. I give him permission to when I obey. Hallelujah. Glory to your name when I obey God. And obedience is based on God's standard, not yours. Because we have a good day and say, I've obeyed. (laughs) We have a moment. God, I obeyed in that moment. This is, see, you've got to see Abram. You've you got to go back and study Abram. You've got to look at him a little bit more intensely than maybe you have before. And you, you, you see a man who must have had constant conversations with God. Maybe not in miraculous ways, but he stayed in tune with God. And he didn't have Genesis through Revelation. He had a relationship. See, and here's the thing about Abraham. Abraham... It probably didn't come as easy as it comes to you to get the instructions from God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. He probably didn't have church on every corner. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is the time when the Holy Spirit has not been poured out upon all flesh. Everybody's not coming up and calling themselves a preacher. In fact... He left his father's house and went to a, a land that, in all honesty, wasn't putting claims on God like that. But when he heard the word of God, he obeyed. God has plans for you. God has plans through you. God has plans around you. But to bring them to pass, he needs your permission. See, some of us are wondering, God, why didn't you move at this past time in my life? You never gave him permission back then. See, this is when we say, why God, why? And the answer is, you never gave me permission. Says, I wanted some things for your life. But you being outside of obedience prevented me from being able to do it in your life. Here's what's special about Abraham. God could work through Abraham. That's all that's special about him. That's all that's special. God could work through Abraham. Abraham would give God constant permission. <laughs> How? When he heard, he obeyed. 
Amen. Can He work through me? That's the question. Can He work through me? And here's, here's the thing about it. We, we, sometimes we can lie to ourselves when we judge ourselves, but you know you. You know your level of obedience. You know what things you've ignored God in. And it's not so easy to sober up, is it? Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. It's not so easy to sober up, is it? To get all that world out of your system. So that God can take you in a way that He will show you. God, I like the familiar. I like what I'm accustomed to. God, my mama gave it to me. My daddy did it. And so when God says come out from it, you have a little, let me give it a little time. Well, God says, well, I don't have permission. While he said to Abraham, shall I hide from him? Verse 19, for I know him. I know him. You know, here's the thing. It's not about God knowing because he knows us all. It's about what you do with what God gives you. That's why he called, I'm telling you, this is, oh, I could spend all year here. I really could. Because he called Abram while he was intoxicated. But he knew Abram. He knows you. He calls you out of the intoxicated state. But he knows that in the end, and it might be a struggle. <laughs> Hallelujah. It might be a struggle to get sober. But, but again, this is why I say it didn't happen overnight. Let me tell you this. God is dealing with some people you love and you don't see them sobering up yet, but he knows them. He knows them. But here's the thing about it. You are an agent of his to minister to them. And while you do not obey, he can bless others through you. For I know him. Here's what I know about him. That he will. He will command his children. You know, here's, here's the thing about commanding your children. If your children say, I hate you, it comes with the commanding. If your children want to slam doors and stomp their feet, it comes with commanding. Don't get distraught about that. <laughs> the pouts sticking out the lip. Cutting the eyes. Command. Because here's the thing, they don't see, but you do. They don't see it's in their best interest. They don't see there's a blessing at the end. They don't, they don't recognize that at all. And again, I want to tell you, if someone wants to rebel, go ahead and rebel. You will not make God a lie and you will find out that you cut years off of your life, useful years, productivity off of your life, by not staying in his way. But not submitting to the commanding. See, this is what, you know, we talk about ladies who are not married and they say you want a good man. Well, a good man will command. Let me say that a good man, a godly man, a man like Abraham, <laughs> he will command. <laughs> he 
And when he commands, that means he won't go your direction. He'll go the direction that God has given him. Amen. That means there's going to be no's in your life. Oh, no, you, you know, you, the lady stop saying amen and stuff like that. There's going to be no's in your life. There's going to be we can't. We will not. There's going to be money in the bank, and he's going to say you can't touch it. All right, let me keep going. That was not the right territory to be in. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. I want you to see this. Here's Abraham's work that God has for him. It's not outside his home. It's not outside his home. We, have, we won't claim that God has called us to some great ministry and we leave our home alone. We, we, we have a ministry where we get to travel and go place to place, but our home is forsaken. Abraham says, I don't know about any ministry outside of the home. Abraham's first ministry, his primary ministry, his priority is his household and his home. That's his profession. That's his profession. It's not his job. That's his profession. His profession is family, you will know the way of the Lord. We think we got to make the money and that that's our profession when God says, I need you to instruct your children in the way of the Lord. For God's impact to be realized in the earth, you know what his impact is? To bless the families of the earth. Wow, I'm telling you, God is a good God. God is a great God. He wants to bless all the families of the earth. Even those that irritate you, he wants to bless them. <laughs> so for God's impact, he wants to bless the earth, is to be realized, if it's going to be realized, God desires to work through his family structure. <laughs> Are you seeing how all this come together? God is a God of generation. He's a God of purpose. And on purpose, he put together the family that through Somebody who makes the family their priority to minister to them. The other families might be blessed. And that's the impact of God. Amen. It's not for your glory. It's for His. And remember along the way, all Abraham was going to do was just obey God. And along the way, he says, you know what, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. That just came with the territory. And because you'll be a friend of mine, I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse him that curseth you because you're my friend. And how is he a friend of God? He obeys. This is why God needs Abraham sober. This is why he needs you sober. Oh, you, you, you don't get it. When the world comes... And takes a hold of you, and you come into the church, and we tell you, get away from that, get away from it. Wow. I won't go there. But, I won't go there. This is why God needs you sober. God needs to get the world and its flow out of your system. 
Because God has an arrangement. <laughs> he has his practices. He has his ways. Now, now, here's the thing about it. If you find it and follow his flow, God has a name for you. It's called a worshiper. Wow, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But this, this is, again, man, I, I don't mean to spend time on this, but I want you to understand this. If some of you have followed after Abraham, you know, Abraham was the first one to be called a Hebrew. But you know where he was called a Hebrew? When he was in somebody else's land. And I imagine that they probably called him, well, we've got to call you something, because you're among us, but you're not following our ways. See, that's why the title of Hebrew is associated with worship. Because he's in the world, but they can see he's not of it. See, so if you could just get the word out your system, find the ways of God, Stick with the ways of God. Follow after His ways. Follow after His flow. You become a worshiper. And God is saying, shall I hide from my worshiper? What's going on? Hmm. This is why He pulled Abraham out of this world. And you got to understand, the world's methods are against the ways of God. Turn to Genesis chapter 22. The world's methods are, are against the ways of God. The world's methods include altering marriage vows. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Again, the standard of God is the standard of God. It doesn't change. We may have altered our vows, but now let's come into the knowledge of the standard of God. See, the world has strange ways. The world has ways where they want to be Friends, parents want to be friends of the children. See, but a commander can't be a friend. A commander has to be a commander at all times. Now, a commander might have tendencies of friend from time to time, but when the rubber meets the road, he is moved and motivated by putting God into his children. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I got to go here, see, because when it comes time and Abraham was a member of this church and we had things set up to where children would be involved, Abraham would say, I don't care if you're tired. You will be committed. See, that's commanding. I'm not asking you if you want to go tonight. Oh, we got quiet on that. You don't know what I'm talking about, huh? That thing going on in my house. Somebody, somebody's house it goes on in. Where the children are given the option. Do you want to serve God? See, that's when we're trying to be a friend. And that is against the ways of God. Amen. <laughs> See, his priority was his family. And the priority was to teach them, instruct them, raise them in the admonition. In the instruction. In the counsel of the Lord. That was his priority. If nothing else gets... See, for Abraham, that's the thing that must be done. If nothing else gets done, my family will be ministered to. I may never get the accolades in this world. But who cares about the accolades of this world? I want to be known as a true worshiper. And a true worshiper has God as his friend. You know, a true worshiper goes to sleep well at night. See, a true worshiper, when they are set to leave this world, 
they can rest in peace. See, because what God is dealing with is not just Abraham's present house, not just his present children, but his households that are after him. That means when Abraham took his rest with his fathers, God was still working because Abraham had given him permission. Wow, I'm, I'm telling you, don't... Oh, my goodness, people. Turn to Genesis chapter 22. Don't grow weary and tired and well-doing. For in due season, the season may not even be your lifetime. The season may come after you're in the grave. But in due season, you will reap if you do not faint. I'm tired of going over these scriptures with these children. Don't faint. Oh, you don't get this, Steve. Because we're talking about the entire family. We're not just talking about daddy. And daddy needs to be in position. But, but you know, son and daughter, you need to be in position as well. And just like I said, we don't all have Abraham as our father. And you know what? But God wants to work through you. You know, you may not be able to move out of the house, but he's called you out from their practices. And you can't command your parents, but you can do this. You can show them God through you. They may be living ungodly lives, but you give yourself to the Lord and follow his flow. Become a true worshiper and then minister Jesus to their family. And don't get tired. May it seem like it's not making a hill of beans of difference. Don't faint. Genesis chapter 22. Starting at verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. Now, the Bible, the King James at least, uses the term tempt. And, you know, you've got to be careful with words. It's like we talked about the world. The world. We've got to be careful with the word tempt. It's probably better understood by us as the word Test. And I'll say this all tests aren't created equal. You know, there are some tests, you know, some of you are in school or have been through school before, and you, after a series of teachings, are presented a test. You know what that test is intended to do? It's intended to show you how much you learned. That's a good test. See, you, you picked up something along the way, it's, it's intended to show you look how much you've grown. Look how much you picked up. See, that's a good test. But then on the other side, some tests are meant for you to fail. Some tests, you know, uh, even though I, I grew to not like this show, don't hate me for it. But Adam West, Batman, you know, bang, pow, zap. Some of you, some of y'all too young don't know about that. But, but, but at the end of every show, Batman and Robin were put to a test by their enemies. And the enemies put them in a position where they did not think they were going to pass. And they didn't want them to pass. That's called temptation. See, the enemy gives us tests to fail. God gives us tests to see how much you've grown. And I want you to know, both types of tests are coming. If you haven't had them already, they will still come. And the answer to both tests is trust God. So it came to pass that the, after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Again, I want you to see this. After a series of teachings, remember, Abraham started in the world. And God said, I need to pull you out and sober you up. And I told you it's going to take a period of time. 
to sober him up. Well, now it's the time for the test. Oh, you missed it. You missed it all together. God said, I have been teaching you. I've been feeding you line upon line, precept upon precept here a little and there a little. I've been taking the world out of you. I've been getting my system into you. Now it's time for the test. Look how much you've grown. And he said, take now. God said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early, that's obedience, in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. I love it! He didn't see the place close. It's still a fall, but he's not stopping. Look at this test. Look how far you have grown, Abraham. See, because remember when we started, God had said, God had been dealing with Abram. And it took a little while for Abram to get started. But not only has he started, he's come to a point now where he can pass the test. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Uh, You missed that again. He's a worshiper. I and the lad will go yonder and worship, because that's what I do. I'm a worshiper. And come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon it. Again, I've got to say this. He takes Isaac along for his worship. You take your children. You take your family along for your worship. Shall I hide from Abraham? (laughs) Saying, I know him. That's a worship. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. They came to the place which God had told them of. Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know. See, you got a name. See, you got an A. You didn't get an F. You didn't get a D. You didn't barely pass. You got an A+. For I know, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, see, here's what I love about it. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to worship. The angel didn't say, go and get this ram. No, he said, I saw a ram. You know, I'm going to worship. Wow. See, Isaac is witnessing all of this. See, he's, there's nothing like a living example. Nothing like a living example. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. The Lord will see to it. The Lord will provide. 
Now, here it is. We're looking at purpose. We're looking at the purpose of the family. And understand this. When Abraham and Sarah were alone and before God had dealt with them, understand this. They wanted a child. They wanted a family. So here it is. God calls Abraham and says, now your only son, the only son of promise, offer him. The thing that you want the most, see, the test is coming for you. God is saying, now, do you love me more than these? Why is Abraham willing to offer Isaac? First of all, look at how he received the child to begin with. Look at how you received the child to begin with. Now, remember this. Before Ishmael, they were old. And Abraham and Sarah were not a good connection. So for years, no doubt they had tried and were not able to have children. And then, on top of that, here Sarah is and sees this young lady have a child in her stead. So she's got to think, my equipment is not working. So now, not only is he beyond 86, he's at 99 years old. Sarah's at 90 years old. He's old, and her womb has been dead for a long time. <laughs> and out of that, and I'm going to use Sarah's word, Sarah gave suck out of, after that. Abraham witnessed that God is able to bring life out of death. He, he said, I witnessed it for myself. God is able to take that which is dead and bring life to it. So there's no sweat on that account. Now it's easy to say when it's not your child. <laughs> Amen. It's easy to preach to somebody that. But when God calls you to give, you're all. But he knows Abraham. God is able to bring life to the dead. So he sees that. And secondly, why is Abraham willing to offer Isaac? Abraham had no Isaac to offer if not for God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. We have children. We say, look what we have made. There is no consideration of God sometimes. Now, I'm not saying you, but in general. We'll have children, and God is not in our mind when we have children. We look, 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 look at my creation. Look at what came out of me. Abraham recognized he had no Isaac to offer if not for God. So in Abraham's mind, he understood this. Isaac belongs to God. Though I get to call him my child. Isaac belongs to God. He said, my family belongs to God. He says, my child belongs to God. I just get the benefit of calling them my child. But they belong to God. Wow. Glory to your name. I hope you're understanding this. So Isaac belongs to God for God's will, for God's plan. Wow. You know, we have child abduction that takes place today. We've got a mother and a father who are split. One has custody, the other doesn't. One wants to abduct the child and take them away. In the church, we've had children abductions. They've taken the children away from God and ran away with them and kept them away from God. Are you an abductor? 
have your children profess a desire for the things of God and you stood in the way? Have your children said, I want to be up there to sing. And you said, no, I'm not going to make provision for you to sing. Have your children said, I want to repeat scriptures. And have you stood in the way and said, no, I'm not going to make provision for you to learn scriptures. Have your children said, I want to come back on Sunday nights. But have you stood in the way and said, no, you can't come back on Sunday nights. You've taken God's children. Abraham stayed with purpose. I believe Abraham loved Isaac, especially this time. He put Ishmael away. He loves Isaac tenderly and dearly. But he recognizes purpose. He recognizes that God is a God of purpose. And I've gotten the benefit of calling this child my child, but they belong to God. I believe this, again, in every conversation God has with Abraham, it keeps coming back to this. I will bless all the families of the earth through you. And I believe in all that Abraham did, he kept that in his mind. God has something greater than just my household, my present home in mind. Abraham does not lose sight of purpose in his role within the family. Abraham recognizes his family is for God and not for this world. He's not raising athletes. He's not raising worldly professionals. He's raising worshipers. He's raising people that others can look to and see God. He just gets the benefit of calling them his people, his children. And i got to end with this. Here's the call of the family. To produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. That's the call. To produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn gets Get God's redemptive work done in the earth. The Bible calls these true worshipers. And I'm out of time. Hear the voice of God. Let Him speak to our hearts. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.